Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash POS for a $1 per month trial. Earlier this year at the Oscars on ABC, host Jimmy Kimmel made a joke about a drug that's become a hot topic in Hollywood. Everybody looks so great. When I look around this room, I can't help but wonder, is Ozempic right for me? That may have hit a little close to home for the A-listers in the crowd. Some stars have been thought to be using Ozempic as a shortcut to lose weight. But here's the thing. Ozempic is not just for famous people. It's not even approved by U.S. regulators for weight loss. However, it is one of a number of emerging treatments that everyday people are using to slim down. So what does the science say? My guest this week is CNN medical correspondent Meg Terrell. We're going to talk about how these drugs work, who actually needs them the most, and why their surging popularity has some regulators worried. From CNN, this is One Thing. I'm David Ryan. Meg, I've been hearing about all these drugs that are helping people lose a lot of weight. Lots of ads on TV, celebrities are taking them in some cases. Can you help me understand this? Like, what exactly are we talking about here? Yeah, so these drugs have actually been around in some earlier forms for decades. Um, they target hormones in the gut. They mimic them and really essentially keep you fuller for longer. They suppress appetite. They slow the emptying of food from your stomach. Uh, and they have effects on insulin as well. They really blew up into this sort of moment of popularity with the drug called Ozempic, which was approved. Right, I've in, heard of that one. Yeah, heard of that one. Yeah. Uh, it was approved in 2017 for type 2 diabetes. And you may lose weight. Adults lost on average up to 12 pounds. The active ingredient is called semaglutide, um, and they, you know, they mimic this hormone called GLP-1. That was approved for weight loss as we go V a couple years later. Mm. Um, and they've just shown a lot more weight loss than we've seen with previous obesity drugs, um, up to 15% with Wagovi in clinical trials. Uh, and so, you know, these are just a lot more effective, and they don't have some of the troublesome side effects that we've seen with previous drugs for weight loss, which really derailed the entire mm. field. So you mentioned diabetes. That was the initial approval. So are people taking them just for weight loss? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so Ozempic is only approved for type 2 diabetes, and we actually saw that it became so popular in off-label use. That's when doctors can prescribe things that they see as appropriate, even if it's not FDA-approved They're allowed that to do that. They're allowed to do that. Um, and the FDA says they absolutely don't want to get in the way of doctors doing that. But the problem was, with Ozempic, that started to happen so much for weight loss that diabetes patients were having trouble finding the drug to treat mm. their diabetes. Uh, Wigovi is approved for weight loss. There are still some supply issues. Novo Nordisk cannot make enough of this active ingredient mm. uh, to supply everybody who's getting prescribed these medicines. And so they actually had to start rationing the drugs and limiting the starting doses. It's a smaller dose to start off with, and you sort of ramp it up over time to try to decrease some of the side effects you feel with them. And so, you know, they're still trying to make enough of this drug to meet mm. demand. And is it a pill? Like, how do you take it? Yeah, it's a weekly injection. So injection. you give it to yourself. It's in this little pen. And people actually say it's not as bad as it sounds. Mm. You can't really see the needle. It doesn't necessarily hurt as much as you might fear it would. But it is a weekly shot. So you mentioned side effects, Meg. What are they? 
Yeah. So most of the the main side effects we hear about are gastrointestinal in nature. And, and generally, when people are first starting on the drugs and they're kind of, they call it titrating up the dose. So you start on a low dose to try to not have so many of these side effects, and then you gradually increase it. So things like nausea and vomiting, hmm. diarrhea, constipation, not pleasant. not pleasant things to experience or talk about on TV repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, as more and more patients are taking these medicines, questions are emerging about whether some more serious side effects might be associated with them. And they haven't been proven yet, Hmm. but doctors are saying some of these things should have more study. For example, um, our colleague Brenda Goodman reported on a number of cases last week of stomach paralysis, which mm. doctors think might have been caused by Ozempic and Wagovi. What does and, that look like? Well, so we know that one of the ways these drugs work is they slow the food from emptying out of the stomach. That's mm. really sort of an on-target effect of the medicines. But in these rare cases, this can lead to severe gastroparesis or stomach paralysis where that emptying really isn't happening. I started Ozempic in 2018. I'm a diabetic, so that's why I was on Ozempic. Um, But I was able to lose 80 pounds on Ozempic. Wow, 80 pounds. Yeah, so I I lost 80 pounds on Ozempic within a year. And in fact, Brenda Goodman spoke to a woman named Emily Wright, who's a teacher in Toronto. And then 2020 rolled around and I started vomiting up old food, a lot of vomiting, like I'm talking every single day I was vomiting. She started taking Ozempic in 2018. It helped her lose 80 pounds, but she now vomits so frequently she's had to take a leave of absence from her job. Wow. I mean, there's constant stomach pain. There's a lot of different symptoms of the gastroparesis that make it very, very hard to function, especially not knowing when you're going to vomit. Like, I can't be a teacher because I don't know when I'm going to vomit. In addition, you know, these have not been proven to be linked to the medicines, but now European regulators have opened a probe into whether the drugs may be linked to suicidal thoughts. Hmm. Uh, And so this is something the FDA has looked at itself. It is actually in the drug labels, the prescribing information for weight loss drugs, uh, because they've been seen with other weight loss medicines. They were not seen uh, in the trials of Wagovi. Um, And so this is something we, again, don't know is, is caused by the medicines, but so many patients are taking them. Regulators are being very careful. Of course, we've reached out to Novo Nordisk, which makes Ozempic and Wagovi uh, about these questions. They note that these medicines have been extensively studied, both in clinical trials and after they've been on the market. They say the class of drugs has been on the market for 15 years for diabetes and eight years for obesity. And so, you know, they do continue to do what's called post-marketing surveillance when the drugs are on the market, making sure no new safety signals emerge. And so do the regulators. Um, So far, these things have not been proven, but they're certainly things to be aware of. Users of the prescription drug Ozempic are noticing a curious side effect. It's important to note, though, I mean, these medicines, doctors think they are just revolutionary for for treating the things that they are already approved to treat. But they also potentially have broader applications, even beyond weight loss, including Mm. potentially for addiction. So, Meg, you said beyond what drugs like Ozempic or Wagovi are doing for diabetes and then weight loss, they are showing results in curbing addiction. Like, how how does that work? Yeah. So this is really at the extremely early stages of being understood. I mean, scientists at the NIH are studying this in rodents right now. So it kind of shows you it's not in the, you know, large human clinical trial phase. But 
We have heard anecdotally from people taking these medicines for type 2 diabetes or for weight loss that they also have suddenly lost interest in things like drinking. During the lockdown, um, I gained the lockdown 20 pounds. Um, I actually gained probably between 45, 55 pounds. I took a really hard look at how I was eating and knew I had to make some changes. We also talked with uh, a patient who is taking Ozempic in the UK, Sherry Ferguson. Up until last Wednesday, I'd lost 38 pounds. And she really was coming to this drug in order to help her with prediabetes and with weight. I was probably smoking 20 cigarettes a day. She had been a smoker for decades, and you know she'd switched to vaping to try to help with her health, and she said that was even more addictive for her because the flavors like tasted so good. On the Wednesday afternoon that I got my first Ozempic pen, I'd missed my first shot. And the whole of that Wednesday, I'd been vaping. Uh, the next day, I just didn't feel like it. And, you know, she said after she started Ozempic, one day she decided, you know, I'm doing this for my weight. I'm going to try also to just leave the vape pen at home. So on my 28th day, I thought, I'm not enjoying vaping, so I may as well just put this into the battery bin at work. And I'll see how long I can go without it. And that was 54 days ago. And she said she never picked it up again. Wow. And she described how that felt at just being so weird for her. I feel like my mind's different. It's like someone has just come and, I don't know, kind of put a blanket over a fire, if that makes sense. And it, it applies to smoking, it applies to shopping, it applies to eating. It's, it's very, very strange. So not only is it affecting my stomach, it's affected my mind. And, you know, talking with doctors who are studying this or researchers who are studying this, they say these drugs don't only act on the gut, even though that's the, the mechanism we think of for weight loss and for diabetes. They also potentially have effects in the brain and on our reward centers. And perhaps that is why we're seeing these sort of anecdotal stories right now of patients who are cutting back on drinking and on cigarette smoking. Although there is one at least clinical trial being done in folks uh, trying to see if these drugs can limit those behaviors. Mm, that's fascinating. So what are the implications of having easy-to-access drugs like Ozempic or Regovi that could provide a lot of weight loss, right? Because there's such a pressure in our culture to, you know, look slim and fit, especially in women and girls, you know, think of diet culture, that kind of thing. And that could be pretty harmful. But then you talk about obesity, right, which is a serious medical condition that increases the risk of developing other diseases. So having a treatment for something like that would be welcome. So how do regulators balance those two ideas? You know, so the way regulators look at this is doctors can prescribe these things off-label if they see that as appropriate. But because these drugs have been in shortage, there's a sort of weird regulatory framework where uh, the active ingredient, semaglutide, can be provided through what's known as compounding. Uh, and so that's sort of just a different system of getting access to this ingredient that is not provided by the drug's maker. And that's really opened up this space that has got the FDA and the maker, Novo Nordisk, sort of worried uh, because they've found that some 
providers of this compounded version may not be actually using semaglutide, but a different version of it that comes with sort of salts involved in it. And so there's this whole sort of gray area because of the shortage that has got regulators worried. But when you think about it from the societal implications, you know, doctors who I've talked with who treat obesity are very excited about these medicines and their potential for really improving health. I I talked with one doctor uh, in New York, Dr. Louis Aroni, um, who hopes that they will start to be used earlier and earlier, sort of in the course of disease. So if you treat somebody to try to lower their weight if they have obesity, um, before they might have diabetes or other health impacts, he hopes that will lead to prevention of those health outcomes. And there's actually a huge clinical trial that Novo Nordisk is running with Wagovi expected to have results this summer in weight loss alone to see if that can prevent heart attacks and strokes and similar events. If it shows a major benefit, it would really be the first time a large clinical trial has shown this. And it will also dramatically, it's expected to dramatically open up coverage uh, by the government and by other insurers of these medicines. Mm. But of course, the conversation about, you know, body acceptance and all of that stuff. Yeah, that's I guess so I'm wondering, somebody just saying, hey, I'm a little out of shape. I don't feel great with myself, but I'm not necessarily obese. Are they going to be able to just go to their doctor and say, hey, I want this medication because I just need to lose a few pounds? Like, how does that work? Well, it depends on their doctor. (laughs) (laughs) But technically, uh, the drugs are indicated for people with a BMI of at least 27 and uh, an obesity-related health issue. Um, So obesity is defined as a BMI of 30 plus. Um, So in the overweight category, 27 plus and another health condition. But if your doctor thinks it's appropriate, you could potentially get it. Of course, there are unscrupulous providers of these medicines, and I think that's where some of the concerns come in. And are other companies getting in on this? Like, just how big is this getting? Ozempic and Wigovi are not alone on the market. And other drug companies are seeing the success that they're having and really piling into the space. And then other company that's really at the forefront here is Eli Lilly. An experimental pill could help people lose weight about as effectively as popular shots like Wigovi and Ozempic. This morning, Eli Lilly says its experimental weight loss pill helped patients lose an average of 15% of their body weight, which rivals injectable treatments. They've got a drug for type 2 diabetes called Mounjaro, which has shown even greater weight loss in trials for obesity than semaglutide-based drugs. This drug is called terzepatide. It's awaiting FDA approval for obesity itself. And in trials, it's shown weight loss of up to 22%. And this is really just the tip of the iceberg. It's fascinating. Meg, thank you so much. My pleasure. One Thing is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz, Cece Armstrong, and me, David Rind. Matt Dempsey is our production manager. Fez Jamil is our senior producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. And Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Special thanks this week to Ben Tinker and Brenda Goodman. If you like the show, let us know. You can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Find me on social media. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Sunday. Talk to you then. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. 
This week on Chasing Life. I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts.